This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Friday the 18th of February. Well, Justin, it's sayonara to Australia's largest coal-fired power plant. Mm -hmm. Yep, Origin Energy is going to be shutting down the plant seven years earlier than they originally planned. We like that news for a Friday, B-Man. We do. Long live remote work, I say. Westpac is now subleasing around 10,000 square metres of its office space in Sydney's Barangaroo. Okay. All because it plans to embrace a hybrid working model. Hmm, three spacious stories today, Justin. Let's do it. For our first, Disney is expanding beyond theme parks and entertainment to design residential communities in the US to capitalize on its love from fans. Brett, is this not every single child's dream? (laughs) What is the story? Okay, so the Walt Disney Company, it's famous for their classic films. You know, Mulan, Frozen, Lion King. That's not all. They're also famous for their theme parks. You know, Disneyland, Disney World. And of course, more recently, their streaming service, Disney Plus. But this is a little bit, mm, of course... (laughs) Walt Disney Co. has formed a new business unit named Story Living by Disney. (laughs) And the idea is to create a master-planned community in partnership with landowners and developers. So, now, it's not quite clear what will make it so Disney-esque, but I'm thinking an ice rink where (laughs) the Mighty Ducks play? Or maybe a dog park exclusively made for Dalmatians? (laughs) Or perhaps personal servants floating around with the name tags Genie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Brett, the first development's going to be in South California, and it's going to house 1900 housing units. There'll be shops, a beachfront hotel, Mm. around a 24-acre lagoon. Fancy stuff. And it's all part of Disney's plan to bring the Mickey Mouse magic to the people in a load of different ways. So what's the key learning here? As companies become more mature, Mm -hmm. they often need to find new ventures to keep their organisation relevant, profitable and alive. Disney is entering its second century in existence. And there are only so many reboots of old classics a company can make before it kind of needs to switch (laughs) lanes. But Brett, what's key to this is Disney knows that it's already built strong foundations in storytelling. And that's what its fans know and love. So Justin, now Disney needs to build new ventures around that storytelling to attract new customers. It's gone through movies, gone through toys, theme parks, streaming. And now it's come around to residential communities. What is next, Justin? I'm thinking space travel. Mickey to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) For our second story, Telstra's shares have been yo-yoing after profits dropped by a third, but somehow its dividend remains consistent. Got to look under the hood to get the full picture, B-Man. Yes. What is happening here? Okay, so Telstra are Australia's largest telco, mm-hmm. now with around 19 million Aussie customers. Now, on the surface, Telstra had a bad first half. Yep, their profits slid by a third to $743 million. But Telstra says, that's, my friend, not the full picture. And that's because they say the fall in their statutory earnings mm-hmm. was due to some one-off payments. And really, their underlying results actually showed a 5.1% increase in the company earnings. This is all very confusing. So what is the key learning here? When companies report their figures, there are often two kinds. Statutory results and underlying results. Statutory results are those presented by the company in their formal company reports. Now these ones adhere to pretty strict accounting standards. And they cover off everything. But underlying results? They're a little bit different. The underlying results are adjusted to remove items that are considered like a one-off. And why do they remove these one-off payments? Well, my friend, because these are not considered ongoing payments and isn't a true reflection of the performance of the business. B-Man, in Telstra's case, the one-off payments are things like winding down of NBN receipts. And the sale of the Pitt Street Exchange. Which certainly don't happen every single year. So we can see why Telstra reckons its full-year guidance is still fair game. Mm -hmm. For our third and final story, Spotify has been on an acquisition spree, and now it's acquired two podcast platforms to solve the biggest pain point in podcasting. They just keep digging their heels in the podcast game, (laughs) don't they, Justin? Tell me more about this 
one. Okay, so Spotify is best known as the music streaming service that launched back in 2008. But in 2017, Spotify revealed it wanted to make its foray into the podcasting world. It brought in Joe Rogan, Michelle Obama, Harry and Meghan, who still haven't made a podcast yet. <laughs> so today, there are around 3.2 million podcasts on Spotify. And it's grown at more than 1,500% since 2018. So now, Spotify's announced it's making two podcast tech acquisitions. We've got a podcast measurement service called Podsite. And also an analytics platform named Chartable. And Brett, the hope is to help Spotify's advertisers actually measure the impact driven by their podcast ads. And when will Harry and Meghan make that podcast? (laughs) So what is the key learning here? (laughs) Marketing attribution is all about working out which marketing tactics have contributed to sales or conversions. And Brett, there are a heap of advertising choices and channels. Now, some big names are Facebook or Instagram ads. And these are relatively easy to make attribution. Now, there's also broadcast ads. A bit harder to make attribution. There's out-of-home ads like billboards. Real hard to make attributions. (laughs) And since the growth of podcasting over the last few years, Mm -hmm. of course, now there's advertising in podcasts. But Brett, it can be hard for advertisers to know where to focus their efforts and their dollars. So now, Spotify is working to help advertisers link their spending to actual results in podcasts. I like it. Brett, I loved your TikTok on Lithium Miner Lion Town. It went berserk. 70,000 views. Very impressive. It's quite a humbling experience for myself, (laughs) Justin. Getting your mug all over TikTok. (laughs) If you want to check out Brett's mug, head to Flux.Finance on TikTok and give us a follow. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on Monday. And also an analytics platform named Chartable. And B. B.